Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher. This week's parasha is Chayei Sarah, and as the title indicates, it is going to tell us about the life of Sarah, or the conclusion of the life of Sarah, and uh, we can divide the parasha, I would say, into uh, four parts. First part deals with the death and burial of Sarah Imeno, our matriarch Sarah. She is 127 years old at the time of her death, and Abraham comes to mourn for her, but he needs a place for her burial. And her burial will not only be for her, it will become a family burial plot. That is his plan. And so he requests a burial place from the Chitim, from the Hittites. Uh, it would seem that in that uh, society, uh, in order to purchase a piece of land, it had to be done in the presence of the land old owners, uh, which are called the Amharets, the people of the land. And he places this request in a formal way uh, towards one person named Ephron, uh, because Ephron has a field, and in the edge of the field is a cave, and Abraham wants to purchase that cave, known as Marata Machpelah, the cave of Machpelah, to be the family burial cave. Uh, there is some negotiation. Ephron actually offers the cave uh, for free, but Abraham insists that he will pay full price, and it's very clear how much Ephron wants for it, and Abraham uh, pays the full price uh, and after this, uh, Sarah is buried in the cave of Machpelah, and it is to become the family burial plot. Afterwards, Abraham himself will be buried there, and uh, the other uh, the other couples that will be buried there are Yitzchak and Rivka, and uh, Leah, and eventually Yaakov. The second part of the parasha, which is really the largest part of the parasha, deals with finding a wife for Yitzchak. Abraham is old, Abraham is wealthy, but his son Yitzchak, uh, who is the next uh, link in the chain to create the Jewish people, is as yet unmarried. And uh, in order to find a suitable wife, um, he brings his chief servant, the Midrash identifies him as Eliezer, although the text here never calls him by name, so he calls in his chief servant, and he makes him swear, firstly, that uh, he will not find, uh, not allow his son to marry a Canaanite woman. Uh, I would assume that that's because all the Canaanite women, the local women, are idolatrous. Instead, says Abraham, I want you to go back to my family and find a wife from among the people there. Abraham's family... Uh, has another branch. It is in a place called Haran, in Aram Naharaim. And that's where Abraham's uh, father spent the last years of his life, and that's where Abraham's uh, brother Nahor lived. And right after the Akedah, Abraham received word about uh, the various births in the family of Nahor, Nahor's children, grandchildren, and uh, so that is a place to find a wife. 
Uh, Avram makes it very, very clear that under no circumstances is Yitzchak to leave the land of Israel, the land of Canaan, uh, even if the servant finds a suitable wife. And so uh, the journey begins uh, to the city of uh, Haran, which is where Nahor and his family uh, live. Uh, he takes, the servant takes, ten can- camels that are laden with the uh, wealth of Avraham, and as he uh, comes to the city of Haran, uh, he stops by the well and he prays for success and he uh, arranges for a kind of a sign or another way of reading it is a kind of test of character that he will ask uh, a girl for water and if she agrees to give him water and then of her own offers to give water to all of his camels uh, this is the right mate for uh, for Yitzchak this will show that she must be coming from the family of, uh, of Avraham of uh, Nahor and uh, of course the character will show that she is a person of Chesed no sooner does he finish uh, praying that uh, Rivka approaches uh, Rivka the granddaughter of uh, Nahor and the servant is amazed at how quickly this seems to be working out uh, because he asks her for water, she gives him water, and then, um, just as he had said, she offers to water all of the camels. Uh, he asks, whose daughter are you? And um, it turns out that she is a member of the <coughs> family of Nahor. So the servant gives her a gift. He's very grateful to Hashem. He blesses and thanks Hashem for uh, making this happened uh, so quickly and uh, apparently in a very successful way. The, uh, the servant, together with the camels and all of his attendants, uh, are invited back to uh, Rivka's home. Uh, Rivka has a brother named Lavan and he invites the servant. And the servant speaks before the family of their father, Bituel. He retells in its entirety uh, what had happened uh, and the conclusion that the family of Rivka has is, well, this comes from Hashem and therefore, uh, of course, we are going to uh, cooperate uh, to have Rivka marry Yitzchak, the sight unseen. And uh, the servant gives a blessing to Hashem, he gives gifts, and then they have a feast to celebrate. The next day, the uh, family of Rivka seems to be having cold feet. They say, let's wait, give her some time to get herself organized. Uh, but the servant insists that uh, because Hashem has made it so clear that Rivka is the right person, then uh, he must proceed without any delay. Uh, and if they do not make it possible, well, he will look elsewhere for a wife, for Yitzchak. And they summon Rivka, they ask her, uh, what does she think? And she says she will go, and before she goes, uh, her family gives her uh, a lovely blessing, uh, gives, her, gives, her a, gives her a blessing, 
that she should uh, have a successful marriage. And so they return to Canaan, uh, and uh, it's at this point that Yitzchak marries uh, Rivka, and it is said that he is consoled after the uh, after the death of his mother uh, Sarah. The next part of the parasha uh, deals with the last days of Abraham. Uh, we are told that Abraham marries a woman named Keturah. The Midrash says that Keturah is another name for Hagar, that he brings Hagar back. Um, but one way or the other, it does say that he has children with Keturah, and we are told about all of the children. And uh, Abraham gives his entire estate to uh, Yitzchak. And then he gives gifts to the children uh, of the other wives uh, and sends them away to what is called the land of the east. And uh, we are told that Abraham lives to the age of 175 and Yitzchak and Yishmael uh, come together in order to bury their father in the cave of Machpelah. And after the death of Abraham, Hashem gives uh, Yitzchak a blessing seems that he gives him the blessing uh, that Hashem had received, had given to uh, Avraham, but which uh, Avraham did not pass on to Yitzchak. Uh, not himself, but Hashem gives it. The very last part of the parasha deals with the uh, last days of Yishmael. Uh, we are told of the descendants of Yishmael, uh, that Yishmael dies at the age of 137, and we are told about uh, Yishmael's descendants and their settlements. It's important to point out that the Torah is not proceeding in a linear fashion, uh, neither with the death of Abraham nor with the death of Yishmael. Uh, for example, if you, uh, as I like to say, do the math, you realize that when Abraham dies at the age of 175, uh, Yaakov and Esav uh, will, uh, will be... 15 years old. Uh, but the Torah doesn't talk about Yaakov and Esav yet. Uh, that's the next section, next week's parasha. So what happens here is what happens in a number of places in the Torah where the Torah wants to complete the discussion of a particular person um, and then returns to the main narrative that it wants to focus on. So the Torah doesn't always uh, tell uh, the events in a purely linear fashion. Uh, same thing can be said about the lifetime of Yishmael. Uh, but that brings us to the end of Parashat Chaye Sarah, uh, in which we learn about the, uh, the death uh, and burial of uh, Sarah and of Abraham and the death of Yishmael. When Yitzchak uh, marries Rivka, so the Torah says that he brought her uh, into the same tent that had been used by his mother, Sarah, and he married uh, Rivka, and that Yitzchak loved her uh, and found comfort after his mother's death. It's interesting that he married her and then says that he loved her. Uh, This was a marriage in which the love grew after uh, after the marriage. Uh, But what does it mean when he says uh, that he brought her to the tent of his mother. Ohela Sarah Imo. The 
into his mother's tent. Rashi insists that it's not just that he uh, uses the same tent that had once been occupied by Sarah, but that Rivka, in a very real sense, becomes a, a continuation, shall we say, of uh, Sarah herself. Um, and behold, she was Sarah. Uh, in other words, she was very much like Sarah, or she continued what Sarah had begun. As long as Sarah was alive, says Rashi in the name of the Midrash, there was a lamp that was burning from one Friday night till the next Friday night. Uh, there was blessing to be found in the dough uh, of the bread that she that she baked. And there was a, a divine cloud over the tent, very similar to the cloud that... Uh, identified the correct mountain in the Akedah. When Sarah died, all these three special uh, qualities departed. However, when Rivka uh, came into the tent, they all returned, thus showing that Rivka is, in a real sense, going to be a continuation of what Sarah had started. And in that way, Yitzhak is able to find comfort uh, after the death of his beloved mother. I thank you all for joining me for this exploration of Parashat Chaye Sarah. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.